1: It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bette Rivers. It, ladies and gentlemen, it is another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bed Rivers, and I am Danny Berg, your host, live out of the Bed Rivers Sportsbook at Danny Berg5, is where you can follow me on Twitter. And tonight here on V C Sports Betting Network, we've got plenty to look forward to. Kenny White. You know Kenny, he's been on the show and the network various times, especially as we're getting ramped up here for the college football and NFL season, but we'll primarily talk some college football with our guy Kenny White in about 10 minutes or so. Afterwards, speaking of college football, I've got a couple of plays to dish out for the upcoming week of games. College football week two, a couple to dish out for you tonight, so we'll hit that in 25 minutes. Afterward, then we got more plays except on the diamond. Went 2-0 last night, so a good little win, a uh, couple of wins, rather, for Major League Baseball. Looking to keep that going for this evening. Then at the end of the show, we have another City Cast guest. This one is the host, of the Philadelphia City Cast, partnered with Bad Rivers. It's Ryan Rothstein. He'll give us all the info that we need, really, when it comes to handicapping the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming season. Take a look at Jalen Hurts' props for the upcoming year, the receiver situation, defensive situation, and their week one matchup against Atlanta. So, like we said, a lot to go into tonight. But let's begin, like we typically do, with some of the bigger news. Throughout the sports world today and you know honestly it was pretty quiet but uh, some of the bigger news I guess relatively revolved around the NFL and the Minnesota Vikings who did sign Brian O'Neill right tackle to a multi-year extension will make him the NFL's second highest paid right tackle. Uh, Schefter reporting that the five-year extension worth $92.5 million, with $49 million guaranteed. He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. And now he's contractually tied to the Vikings through the 2026 season. So paying the linemen the appropriate amount of money. And look, if the investment pays off, then it is absolutely worth it when you have a team that consists of a quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who could be throwing to lethal receivers on a consistent basis, and Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. And let's not forget, one of the best running backs in the league. If he can stay healthy in the offensive line, will have a lot to do with that. Delvin Cook. Now, Cook, uh, what does this mean for him? I mean, obviously, you still assumed it was going to be the same offensive line going into the year, but it wanted, you know, it gave us the idea, I guess, rather, to spark the conversation regarding some of the odds for Cook this season. He's fourteen to one to win Offensive Player of the Year plus 450 to get the most rushing touchdowns this season and plus 550 for the most rushing yards. honestly wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin Cook ends up on top of one or the other for those. If he can stay healthy, this guy arguably is the most talented running back in the National Football League. However, it's a big if because the most he's played in a season has just been 14 games. Now if you look further with some of his props, his total rushing yards number, 1350 and a half. Slightly shaded to the under, minus 118. He has only gone over this mark once. It was last year where he played 14 games, racked up 1,557 rushing yards, so got over it fairly easily, and that was just in 14 games. And remember, you're getting the extended season to 17 games this year. Total rushing touchdowns for Cook consist of about 13 and a half, shaded to the under, minus 124. The over is even money. Good price to the over, and I think that's a good bet as well. Again, he went over this last season getting uh, 16 touchdowns in just 14 games. When they get down to the red zone, especially because you lost your tight end weapon in Smith in this offseason, Cook will be utilized even more so. If he can get over the rushing yards prop and the rushing touchdowns prop in just 14 games, plus you're adding on an extended game to the season, if we can hope and assume that Cook can be you know, relatively healthy, i have no doubt that he will go over both of these numbers i probably have well honestly i mean like if you're looking for the odds of rushing touchdowns with the even money to the over certainly is a little bit more enticing it's only minus 106 to the over rushing yards but uh you cleared the rushing yards one a little bit more comfortably but i like both of those over i'm expecting big things out of Dalvin cook this upcoming season and like we said though the news signing brian o'neill to be the second highest paid right tackle in the nfl certainly will hopefully give his offensive line some more confidence as for the rest of the team. So that's kind of the bigger news in terms of just contract negotiations and, you know, transaction-wise throughout the NFL. But I also want to talk on some minimal news throughout the National Football League, and we touched on this game a little bit earlier uh, throughout the course of this week, and it revolves the Panthers and the Jets, a very interesting matchup considering the quarterback duel that will be taking place with Sam Darnold against his former team, the Jets, and the newly added quarterback, Zach Wilson. They talked to both of these quarterbacks, seeing what they thought about going up against each other. But Newsflash, they're not going to speak too much into it. They just care about winning the game. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in. I'm Danny Burke, your host here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Was just getting you squared away with some of the news in the NFL and was touching on the Wilson and Darnold matchup for NFL Week One. They were talking to them about. You know, is this going to be a huge game in terms of outplaying the other quarterback? And Zach Wilson saying that's definitely not something he's thinking about. Uh, When he's talking about Darnold, he says he's doing his own thing now. He's got a great situation going for him. I think the organization already decided to go one way, and it's not because Sam isn't a good football player. It's just that they wanted a fresh start. And a fresh start is certainly what they need for the Jets, who have been struggling, struggling, struggling for such a long time. Can Zach Wilson be their savior? Can he be their savior in game one? Well, the betting odds don't make it seem like he can considering this game opened up at about four in favor of the Panthers at home with Darnold. And now it's up to five and a half. And yes, the revenge game against a former team is probably playing a big factor into why the momentum is going toward Carolina. But again, at Bet Rivers, we're seeing Carolina minus five and a half. Minus 240 on the money line for the Panthers. The Jets catch in plus 190. The total open 43. That's gone up a little bit to 44.5. And, and we could see this be a higher scoring affair with you know a couple lackluster defenses. But at the end of the day, yes, the Panthers are the better team here. You have a more experienced quarterback in Darnold. You have that revenge angle. You're at home. Uh, you have a more experienced head coach in the spot. Not saying Salah's not going to be a good head coach. But also, the Panthers have some solid offensive weapons, let's not forget, with some of the receivers they have. But most importantly, you're getting back one of the best athletes and offensive players in the NFL this season, Christian McCaffrey, who of course will play a significant role in this game against this Jets defense. That probably isn't going to give you too much confidence, and the Jets offensively at the same time. We need to see what we can get from Wilson at a full-speed regular season game. We need to see if he has enough weapons offensively and if the offensive uh, line can't protect him enough. But, look, again, at the end of the day, the movement has gone toward Carolina. I get it. I would probably lean that way as well, thinking this one's more of an untouchable game with so many outlying factors on the outside kind of contributing to it. But, again, I think if you do want to get involved, the total might be your best bet. It has moved a point and a half from 43 up to 44 and a half, but that's probably the direction I would take between these two teams being the Jets and the Panthers. But all right, if you missed it at the beginning of the show, let me go ahead and kind of recap what we got lined up for you tonight. Kenny White, college football handicapper and overall sports betting analyst. He'll be hopping on momentarily and give us some of his thoughts on the biggest games for the college football week two slate. And then after that, we'll keep it in college football because I got a couple of plays collegiately this upcoming weekend. We already talked about the play that I had with the teaser yesterday in the NFL, but we'll recap that at the end of the show in case you missed it. We got baseball once again, a few games to look forward to in the later slate. Had a 2-0 effort last night, looking to keep that rolling this evening. So we'll talk Major League Baseball in about a half hour or so. And then to end things out, CityCast Philadelphia host, Ryan Rothstein will be giving us all the inside info, not only on what he's doing with the Philadelphia cast that's partnered with Bett Rivers, but just overall on the Eagles. What can we expect? From Jalen Hurts being the full-time starter, what can we expect from this receiving core? And more importantly, the defense. Can they hold their own to keep this team in games this upcoming season? So plenty of that to get to tonight here on Rush Hour. But like we said, let's get things kicked off with our man Kenny White, who you can follow along on Twitter at KYDVegas. We're waiting for Kenny right now, actually. But in the meantime, Ohio State and Oregon was the first game we were going to get into with Kenny. So while we wait to get him on the horn, let's just tease up this game a little bit. Because we talked about this with Jeff Parles yesterday, and him and I pretty much had the same sentiment because in some spots it opened 12 and a half, you know, more so around that 13-14 range. Now at Bet Rivers, we're seeing the Buckeyes laying 14 in the hook. Obviously, huge on the money line, minus 7.15, plus 450 for Oregon. This total has been pretty steady at 63 and a half, but now that this number's over the two touchdowns of 14, seems a little bit tougher to bet on the Buckeyes. So let's go ahead and bring in Kenny and get his thoughts on this game. So, Kenny, like I teed it up, now we're seeing these 14-and-a-halves at many books across the country, BetRivers Rivers being one of them. In favor of the Buckeyes, who won by 14 against Minnesota last week, Oregon really didn't have the best showing in their Week 1 performance, but does 14-and-a-half seem a little bit too much to you?
3: Yeah, I think it does just a little bit, but it's always scary to go you know against a top five team like the Buckeyes. And you know, I tried to do it last week, uh, came away with a push on half my bet and uh, thought it was in great shape at halftime. I really thought Minnesota had the horses to hang around. Uh, C.J. Stroud looked like a redshirt freshman quarterback in the first half, but he looked like a poised senior in the second half. Now playing at home may be a little different story for this young team because they're very young, very talented, Uh, The wide receiver crew is obviously the most experienced on the team. But playing at home, maybe there's a little bit of pressure on this team because I've seen that happen before. Uh, Oregon has the athletes; they have the the size, the strength, and the speed to stay up with Ohio State. Um, I thought this game should be priced around 10, so I have a slight edge to uh, to uh, Oregon in this game plus 14 and a half. Not a major one. Four and a half points seems like a lot, but not when it's between 10 and 14 and a half.
1: All right, Kenny, well, let's go ahead and move on then to another intriguing game, what I think could arguably be the best of the weekend, and that's Iowa at Iowa State. This is always a fun game. May not be uh, the cleanest of games between these two teams, but exciting nevertheless. And in this game, we've seen the Cyclones get a lot of love on the spread. I mean, they're up to four and a half now. I think they got up to even five uh, yesterday, so they've come back down a little bit. With the Cyclones minus four and a half currently with a total at 46 and a half. Looks like the over is getting some attention. Why is there all this love for Iowa State? I mean, I get it because <laughs> Iowa State was a very tough team last year. They're bringing back so many people. But hey, Iowa looked pretty good against Indiana last week.
3: Yeah, they did. Uh, well, Iowa was a team that I was afraid I had underrated a little bit. I raised it up. This is the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy. Obviously, the two best teams in the state. And this is a proud football state because Iowa State played Northern Iowa last week. And Northern Iowa gave Iowa State everything they wanted. Uh, my, my question mark still is on the Hawkeyes quarterback, uh, Spencer Petris, against Indiana last week, 13 for 27 for just 145 yards. He did protect the football, no INTs, but no touchdowns. He was well below average. Tyler Goodson had a big run. There was some turnovers. Uh, I think that game, the, the score is a little misleading. Uh, this is the first time that Iowa and Iowa, Iowa State have played with both teams ranked. First time ever. Uh, they've, they've played now 64 times. Iowa holds a pretty good size advantage, 45 to 19. They've won the last five in a row. And Iowa is 12 and one when they're ranked and Iowa State is not. Iowa State is 1 and 0 when Iowa State, when they're ranked and Iowa's not. So, But this will be the first time they're both ranked. Two great coaches. Um, I'm looking at the total, Danny. The last 20 times they've played, 14 of the 20 have gone under. Both teams went under in week one. Uh, Both teams ran the football. Both teams played fairly methodical. This is such a big game. I think there'll be a great defensive presence by both sides. And uh, both teams are going to rely on their running backs. Brees Hall for Iowa State and Tyler Goodson for Iowa.
1: Yeah, that's kind of why I was scratching my head a little bit at that's over getting some attention, because you're right, it's not like Petrus did anything last week or last season entirely to give you any confidence to think that he could be an electrifying quarterback. And at the same time, Brock Purdy, I think, is a little bit better, but maybe not by much. They're going to rely on both their running backs as they typically do, especially Iowa. And I think you're also right in the sense that that Iowa-Indiana game was a little bit misleading, considering that Look, Penix had an off game, they had the two pick sixes, did Iowa, and the chances that happens again against the Cyclones probably is not going to come to fruition, but Look, that's where the movement's going to the Cyclones, and I think you may be right. That could be the angle in this game as for it going toward the under now that we've certainly seen this total boost up a little bit. So I'm with you uh, when we're looking at Iowa and Iowa State, at least in terms of the total spread. Up, probably going to stay away from I think this might be gross one way or the other, so not enough conviction for myself, but I'll certainly be rooting for you, Kenny. Uh, Let's move on, though, to Washington and Michigan. This game also seems like it's seen some significant movement in favor of the Wolverines And Michigan, to me, was such a question mark team because of the quarterback situation, Jim Harbaugh in general. But against Washington, it seems like the betters are having faith. They're up to a touchdown favorite, Lane 7. Totals at 49 at the big house against Washington. Do you think the movement toward Michigan is the right call?
3: I don't think it is. I think it's more of an overreaction to what uh, happened last week. Michigan's win over, over Western Michigan was nice. They played great. Caden Mc, uh, McNamara had a great game, uh, and and we know what happened to Washington. They lose to Montana. Um, I, I believe that Washington was looking ahead. I, that's what I have to think, that they were looking ahead to Michigan, figuring they are going to win the Montana game, not knowing Montana was as good as they are. Uh, Washington was also without their top three wide receivers, albeit all worth maybe just about a half a point, maybe a little bit more than that. But when you got a cluster injury like that, the continuity could be thrown off a little bit. Uh, Washington's offensive line is outstanding. Uh, they did not play well in the first game. I really think that you're gonna get a team that was completely embarrassed uh, going up against the team, thinking maybe they're playing against a team that's not that good. I think Washington's gonna be able to run the football. I think their defense is solid on all three facets of the defense. Uh, top 12 in uh, defensive line, linebackers and secondary. So the defense will come to play. I think it'll be a lower-scoring football game. Somebody called me to find out who I like in Washington, Michigan. Um, So I I took the points with with Michigan, and then I also parlayed it to the under and a small play on the under. I think the better better play for me, not thinking, I know, is Washington plus the seven.
1: Yeah, and and Kenny, you bring up a good point about overreactions, and we see this so much in sports in general, but specifically when it comes to football, that's a week-by-week basis and early on. Now, of course, you have your college football and pro football betting guide, KennyWhiteSports.com, to get a hold of it. But I guess i got to ask you, how often do you see these type of situations with a team like Washington that maybe has that look-ahead game when they're playing in week one, they drop it, or it's a close game, and then you look to back them in the next week? How often do you see this happen on a yearly basis in a spot that we're seeing very you know, similar to Michigan-Washington?
3: Yeah, I, I'm going to say you, you probably at 20 of the games you're going to you're going to see teams that are looking ahead and don't play well. Uh, favorites uh, did not do that great in week one, and a lot of those that did lose were teams that had big games in week two. So a lot of teams stay vanilla; they don't want to show anything to their next opponent, thinking they can get by with an with a with an inferior uh, foe in the first week. But sometimes that's not the case, and Montana really pulled the big upset. But Washington's talent. Is better than Michigan's uh, top to bottom, offensively and defensively. Their wide receiving core is a little down, as I said, because of injuries. Uh, but I think Dylan Morris has a much better game this week. And the game plan is going to be use that offensive
1: line and uh, run the football uh, and control the game. And then before we move on to the final game, I want to get in with you, Kenny. Because of Michigan, and again, you know, they had a fine performance in week one, but that's kind of what was expected out of them. Is there anything that you saw that would give you confidence if you were kind of just being, you know, a little bit for devil's advocates for yourself and backing Michigan? Is there anything they did that would maybe warrant a bet on them in this game if you weren't backing Washington? Anything impressive they did last week? Well, Kate,
3: Kate McNamara had a great game. Nine for 11, 136 yards, over 10 yards of pass, over 13 yards of pass, and two touchdowns. He was perfect. Uh, they didn't have to throw it a lot because their offensive line – controlled the game and they were able to run the football so yeah that those are big pluses for Michigan but I'm not going to raise their rating up uh, after one game against a western Michigan if they win this week and win handily then I'm gonna have to make some adjustments and raise the Wolverines up a little bit but I feel pretty comfortable about the rating that I have on them right now
1: All right Kenny then finally let's go 9:15 p.m. Central time kickoff BYU hosting Utah. We see Utah is a seven-point road favorite. This total is up to 49 now at Bat Rivers. How do we feel about this matchup? Yeah, this
3: this is the holy war. Uh, These two do not like each other whatsoever, big-time rivals, and Utah has dominated this series. They've won nine straight in the series. They did not play last year when BYU had one of their best teams and a uh, Heisman hopeful quarterback in Zach Wilson ended up being a first-rounder. Uh, so I'm going to take the revenge angle with BYU, those nine losses. Um, I like Jaron Hall, their quarterback. He didn't play last year, uh, but I got to watch him play in 2019. He stepped in a couple of games, and I really like his his actions. got great arm strength, very accurate, and he's very mobile in the pocket. He did not disappoint against Arizona, 18 for 28, 198 yards, and two touchdowns. I think BYU felt very comfortable in that game, up 24 to 3. Thinking that it's in the bag, they held Arizona to a punt, and a great punt down to the one-yard line uh, put put BYU in a tough spot. They ended up getting Arizona gets the safety, great field position, touchdown, two-point conversion. They scored 10 points in a matter of minutes, and uh, we're back in that football game. And I think BYU thought they had that game handily, and we're looking ahead to Utah. So I think it was a little underachieving of BYU's part looking ahead and a little bit overachieving in Arizona in that game. Uh, The Utes are always going to be good. Kyle Winningham now in his 17th year. Very well coached. Charlie Brewer had a nice game in his first start. But again, this is a rivalry game throughout the numbers. uh, It's going to be close. The uh, Utes have done well, though. They're 12-7 ATS the last 19 they played. But this is one of BYU's better teams other than last year's. The under is 10-8-1. And Kalani Satake is 40-24 and 24 under in his career at BYU, but they've made a good adjustment on the total, so I don't have a play there, but the trends say it's an under game.
1: Okay, yeah, that total up to 49, but Kenny taking the points with BYU at home against Utah for college football week two. Kenny, as always, we appreciate you taking some time tonight. Best luck with those college football plays this weekend, my friend.
3: Thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me. Best of luck to everyone out there this weekend.
1: Cashing tickets is what it's all about. That's what Brent says. That's right. He nailed it. There he is. Kenny White, folks, at KYD Vegas on Twitter. And if you want more of Kenny's content, he's all over VEASAN, and you can catch him on his website, KennyWhiteSports.com. Get you filled with all the info you need, not only for college football, but of course the NFL, which we'll be talking about a little bit later on the show Here's we bring on Ryan Rothstein in about 25 minutes. Before we bring on Ryan, I've got some plays in baseball. I've got some plays in college football. And we'll start, or rather keep it in college football because that's what we're hitting on next. Let's talk about that Army game. and ah, It's kind of devastating to say it, but hey, let's talk about my alma mater, Nebraska. Could there be a bet with the Cornhuskers? I'll let you know next right here on Rush Hour. for more sports betting discussion around your local teams well bet rivers has he covered bet rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective the chicago detroit philly and pittsburgh city casts are up and running with five new episodes every week you can check mine out i do the chicago one and we'll be talking with ryan rossine who hosts the philly one he'll be joining us tonight here on rush hour but Go ahead, subscribe to your local city cast pretty much wherever you get all your podcasts. The exciting new venture we got going with Bat Rivers. Again, I'm hosting the Chicago one, so feel free to check it out. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Like we said, we'll get you covered with all the local sports action from a fan perspective and a better perspective throughout this upcoming football season. But speaking of the football season, here on Rush Hour, it is time to talk some college football. And I've got some plays for you for this upcoming college football week two slate of games. Let's start with Army and Western Kentucky. Now, uh, already, if you're not subscribed to VSIN, of course, be sure to do so. VSIN.com slash subscribe because in Point Spread Weekly, I'm part of the college football selection panel where we pick six games against the spread or with the total uh, it's about maybe five or six of us. Last year we did it. You know, pat myself on the back. May or may not have won it. Uh, looking to defend my crown this year. But last week I actually had Army, and it was funny because they were, what, a two-point dog in their first game against Georgia State? Well, what did they do? They went out there, and they just dismantled them 43-10. to They were about a two-point underdog in that game. So Army treated me well last week, and I'm hoping they do the same this week because I'm laying six and a hook with Army at home against Western Kentucky. Look, Western Kentucky's not a terrible team that you just brush to the side, but uh, they did beat UT Martin last week, or week one, rather, I guess, you know, 59-21. to That was expected, and their quarterback, Bailey Zapp, went 28-35, 424 passing yards with seven touchdowns and just one pick. So a great performance beating up on UT Martin. What is a little, I don't want to say concerning, but I mean, you know, something interesting more so is they only tallied 109 total rushing yards, which is two different running backs, and Zap also contributing to that on the ground. But uh, when you look at their defense, where they slacked a little bit, was on the ground game, they allowed 201 rushing yards from UT Martin. Well, if they did that against UT Martin, can we assume that Army is going to do a lot better than that the answer is yes considering that is Army's offense as we know they only attempted four passes last week against Georgia State they still put up 43 points they racked up 258 total rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns uh, and more importantly because we know what we're getting out of Army's offense and they'll do enough to be able to give themselves a lead over Western Kentucky but defensively Army was touted as having one of the best defenses in the nation and they showed that certainly against Georgia State just allowing 10 points But they allowed just 129 passing yards and 48 rushing yards and just one touchdown in the game. So if Western Kentucky can't get that run game going whatsoever, they're going to have to rely on the pass. And if Zapp is kind of getting flustered at some point, then they're going to be in trouble. But again, more importantly, I also like the fact that you're getting it under the key number of 7 because it has moved up a lot in favor of the Black Knights. And you can still get the 6.5 at Bat-Rivers, and that's what I laid with Army as they take on Western Kentucky. All right, so that's the action I got in that matchup. Let's talk Buffalo-Nebraska here. Let me just get this out of the way. No, I am not taking Nebraska in this game. I am not laying the points with the Cornhuskers. It seems a little bit too high against a Buffalo team that is typically pretty solid and uh, far more consistent than Nebraska, albeit in a, you know, a little bit weaker of a conference, not to dismaction by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sorry it's all the action stands out there. But look, uh, the, the angle I'm looking at here is the total at the end of the day. 52 is where it opened up. It's got bet up to 54 and a half. And if you do want to look at that spread, Nebraska is now a 13-point favorite. But again, I'm focusing in on this total. I am riding the movement up to the over, and I played over 54 and a half. Buffalo tacked on 69 points versus Wagner week one. Um, Ill- or, uh, Nebraska against Illinois, you know, that game ended 30-22, to but remember how slow that game started. It was just your classic Big Ten, you know, crapshoot where it was the safety and, you know, the turnovers, whatever it was, it was gross with that score, and that was just what we've seen in Big Ten a lot, but Nebraska dropped 52 against Fordham last week like they should have, and I'm not saying they're going to do the same against Buffalo, but This is their third game. The offense should be finally getting in a rhythm and getting acclimated against a Buffalo defense that really isn't that great if you look at what they did last season. At the same time, yes, Nebraska has a really good defense even though it didn't look like it against Illinois. Their offense and special teams kind of put them in a tough spot. But Buffalo will do enough offensively to contribute. But at the end of the day, I think Nebraska will actually have a really good offensive performance against that Buffalo defense, and the total will go over 54 and a half. So Nebraska Buffalo over 54 and a half, and then we're laying six and a half with Army this upcoming week against Western Kentucky. All right, that's what we got with college football thus far this week. But let me get you squared away with some baseball action tonight. Next here on Visa. the perfect time for you to huddle up with the visa pro football betting guide we are just one day away from the start of the nfl season and the guide is only $19.99 and it is available now our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus you get best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards you can sign up for visa and all access to get everything we offer for the entire football season Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's vsi slash subscribe. All righty, welcome back to it. It is VEASAN, Sports Betting Network. The show is rush hour, and it's time to talk some baseball. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Burke 5 Last night, we went 2-0. We are looking to keep that train going, hopefully tonight with another pair of wins. And, you know, we're going to go back to a game that we handicapped yesterday. And we did the first five under four and a half, which came to fruition. But let's kind of go the opposite direction and hope for some runs in this Phillies and Brewers matchup that we see posting a total of eight. However, it is shaded to the under slightly, minus 118. The over is even money currently at Bet Rivers. Uh, When you're looking at the money line, the Brewers minus 165, Phillies plus 135. Phillies won 12-0 two nights ago, but the Brewers beat the Phillies last night 10-0. So uh, a couple of high-scoring affairs from an individual standpoint these past couple of nights. But let's take a look at this pitching matchup where the Phillies will be throwing out righty Kyle Gibson, who is 4-3 this season, 4.46 ERA, 4.30 XFIP with a 1.28 whip, and opposing him is Freddy Peralta. And you might think, well, why would you bet over with Freddy Peralta, who's a really solid pitcher? Well, it's because in his last outing, it was his first outing back off the IL. He went just two innings pitched, allowed four runs for St. Louis, and that was on Friday. And before that, when he went out with the shoulder injury, you know he was a little bit shaky too. So I'm not sure if Peralta's all there to being 100%. But he is nine and four this year with a 2.70 ERA and an xFIP of 3.70 and a really solid WHIP of .96. Now, looking at Peralta, he is very solid at home. If we can, you know, maybe for a second assume he's 100%. 3.76 XFIP at home with a 2.47 ERA. Now, he did go against Philly once this season. That was back on May 5th where he went four innings pitched, allowed four hits, five earned runs, but did tally up eight strikeouts. Philly's got the job done in that game, 5-4. to Uh, Gibson on the other side. He has not gone up against the Brewers, but look, also, when you, when you just see what he did recently, it doesn't give you too much confidence. I mean, at Miami on Friday, he went 5.1 innings pitch, allowed eight earned runs against the Marlins. So the Brewers should be more than capable of taking advantage of Gibson, who's really not that great of a pitcher to start with. But look, his last three out of four road starts also have gone over the total of eight when he's been with the Phillies. And the Phillies, if you're looking at some trends, they're hitting overs as a road team at a 56% clip. And as an away underdog, they're hitting overs at about 59.5%. Now, I get the Brewers don't hit as well at home, but the offense has come alive as of late. And the Phillies offense could come alive on any given night. This total at eight with the over at even money, it's a little bit better price than I got earlier, but I think it's a good spot here if we can assume that Peralta's maybe not 100% and that the Brewers can take advantage of Kyle Gibson. So I like this total between the Phillies and Brewers going over eight tonight. That one about to get underway any moment as well, so if you want to jump in on it, do it sooner rather than later. But another game that you have a little bit more time to decide if you want to place a wager or not. Let's talk A's, let's talk White Sox. 8.40 p.m. Central Time, first pitch out in Oakland. The struggling A's who have lost four in a row are putting out righty Frankie Montas tonight to face Dallas Keuchel and the Chicago White Sox. Chicago got the dub last night 6-3 to at Oakland and now they're catching plus-128 at Bed Rivers on the money line. Oakland down to minus-148, actually, so a lot of movement at Bed Rivers uh, coming in on the White Sox. You know, it might be a little bit of home team bias, but originally this one moved up because Oakland was minus-155 and some other shops are up into the 160s, even 170s. I actually laid minus-162 with Oakland, but certainly you're getting a better price now with minus-148. I still think they're the right move. And this is why you're facing Dallas Keuchel, a guy who has been wildly inconsistent and unreliable for the White Sox this year Uh, on the road. He's been atrocious 5.89 ERA with a 4.96 X for Keuchel. And the Sox have lost less four road starts by Dallas Keuchel. And they were against Kansas city, Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay. Okay, fine. But Kansas city, Tampa Bay, Minnesota and Kansas city. Again, those teams you would obviously probably not put ahead of Oakland. Now, Speaking of Oakland, the thing that concerns you about them is their lack of offense as of late. However, if Keichel's going to be this bad, the A's should be able to take advantage. And Montas has actually been a stud at home this year, boasting a 3.65 ERA with a 3.47 xFIP. He's gone up against Chicago once, and he actually didn't do too well. You know, he went five innings pitch, allowed eight hits and three earned runs. Uh, 400 batting average the White Sox posted against them. but at the end of the day he only allowed three earned runs and they lost 5-2, to two, but it was on the road against the White Sox who predominantly, you know, do a lot better at home than on the road. The Sox are hitting 729 OPS-wise on the road and they hit slightly worse against righties than they do southpaws against righties 748 OPS. Now, of course, that's a little bit relative, that's still pretty solid, but at the end of the day they do perform better against lefties. Oakland, which is unfortunate, the fact is they hit worse at home with a 693 OPS, but they're about the same against lefties as they are against righties. But this month, they've actually been hitting a little bit better, 734 OPS. But again, at the end of the day, this is going to come down to pitching. Montas has done better at home. Keichel is brutal on the road and just kind of been brutal in general. And bullpen-wise, the A's have a little bit better bullpen ERA throughout the season, 3.99 compared to the White Sox, 4.13. Now, again, the Sox have a lot more talent in their bullpen, but I think that the A's will get to the White Sox early enough and against Keichel and take advantage. So, again, I laid minus 162 in the spot. Currently at Bet Rivers, it's minus 148. So the White Sox must be getting some love from a hometown fan or a sharp better, whatever it may be. It's enough to move the needle on Oakland from 162 down to 148. So if you do want to follow me and take Oakland, You're getting a better price now at minus 148 as the A's are taking on the White Sox. And if you're curious about that total at open nine, it's dipped down to eight and a half, slightly shaded to the under minus 114, overs minus 104. I would probably uh, maybe look a little bit to the over. It's nothing that I'd have too much confidence in. But again, just going with Oakland on the money line minus 162. And then if you missed it with the previous one, we're taking Phillies and Brewers again on the total, except going over eight in this spot. Even money to the over. Could be a good selection in that game with the better price than it was earlier in the day. And if you missed it earlier in the show or this week, Army minus 6.5 versus Western Kentucky was one of our college football bets, along with the over, the Nebraska and Buffalo, half total going over is what I'm betting. And then the football bet we had is going to start tomorrow with the first leg of the teaser, a six-point teaser, bucks down to minus 2 against the Cowboys and Rams, minus 1.5 taking on the Bears on Sunday night football. Speaking of football, let's get more thoughts on the National Football League with Ryan Rothstein talking all things Philly next. sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And Rivers has you covered for the upcoming NFL season. They're offering same-game parlays in all of the pro football matchups. Plus, they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com to bet. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at play sugarhouse.com New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Alrighty, speaking of Bet Rivers, like we did yesterday, we're bringing on another CityCast host to join us and really to end the show tonight here on Rush Hour on VCND Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, but it's time to welcome on the host of the Philadelphia CityCast. That is Ryan Rothstein, who you can follow on Twitter at WiseRy. At so that's W I S E R Y E. If you're looking to follow his handle on the tweets. But look, Ryan knows all Philly. All throughout, we're going to focus primarily on the Eagles, naturally. But, hey, Ryan, before we get into the Eagles specifically, I want you to kind of tease up your show. I mean, what are you going to have planned for all your listeners and viewers this upcoming football season and beyond that? What can we expect out of your Philadelphia CityCast, my friend?
5: Yeah, first of all, Danny, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, excited to be on the show and uh, excited for Philadelphia CityCast. You know, obviously, but listen, Philadelphia, I'm – I'm a Philadelphian, and I keep it real, just like the rest of the city. No one likes us, and we don't care. So basically, what the what the fans throughout the Delaware Valley and the city of Philadelphia can do is just uh, be a part of the misery, be a part of the happiness. We'll recap every every, uh, every single Eagles game. Obviously, get into the Phillies and everything going on in the city. But really, Danny, there's not much content out there locally that focuses in on our market in Philadelphia five days a week from the sports betting angle. So that's really what I'm providing. I'm I'm going to be the voice of the people and also try and help to make everyone a couple dollars in the process.
1: Love it. Hey, that's all we can ask for. If you're entertaining with your, you know, emotion from a fan perspective, but also making some people a quick buck, that's what the people love to see it here. So, Ryan, we're looking forward to it. I know you're going to do a great job. And look, you know, as a Philly fan, I, I know how passionate you guys are. And this season may be a little bit tougher on you guys as Eagles fans. So let's go ahead and kind of dive in to the Eagles with their betting profile at Bet Rivers. Their win totals listed at 6.5. It is shaded to the over minus 152, unders plus 125. In terms of their division finishing position, the favorite slot is for them to finish last in the NFC East, plus 140 if you think they finish fourth. To make the playoffs, the yes is plus 235. The no is minus 305. You know, out of those three, Ryan, is there any that you think are worth the bet, whether it's a season win total, division finishing position, or to make the playoffs, anything worth making a wager?
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's the Eagles to win the division at 5-1. to one. And now listen, for everyone listening out there, oh, this guy's a homer. Of course he's going <laughs> to say the Eagles to win the division. Who is this guy? Get him off. Um, that's not the case. I mean, the NFC East, what was the nickname last year, Danny? The, the NFC East, East, East. baby. <laughs> there we go. So this division is completely wide open. What the heck do we have up at the Meadowlands with the Giants, Daniel Jones? This is, this is it for him. This is a prove it year for him. What version of Saquon Barkley are we going to have? Washington maybe has the least amount of question marks around the team, but fits magic. Yeah, he provides some magic. He also provides some disaster at times as well. So we'll see what happens there. And obviously the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, if you want to crown them, you can crown them. I'm 31 years old, Danny. This team has not been relevant in my entire existence. I was in diapers the last time. This Dallas Cowboys team was relevant. Dak's coming off a very serious injury. And no matter how you shake it, when it's all said and done, the Dallas Cowboys end up right around 500. That's what it feels like to me, at least, uh, especially in recent years. So wh- why not the Eagles? And this isn't a hard division to win, so you have some value with that 5-1. to one.
1: It's funny, Ryan. I mean, like you joke about, people are screaming, oh, he's a homer. Of course, he's going to say that. And I'm sure a lot of people are, but you're not the first person to say that. And if it can happen, it certainly can be in the division, you know, as we attributed the NFC least. And that certainly could come to fruition. But what it rests on or rides on rather, is Jalen Hurts. And I'm honestly, you know, I'm a believer of Jalen Hurts, not that maybe he can be a great quarterback in this league, but I think he can be sufficient enough to get his team in winning positions on a consistent basis. What do you expect out of Jalen Hurts this upcoming season? We have a bunch of his props listed at Bet Rivers naturally, uh, naturally, and his rushing yards is 700 and a half. He's going to use his legs, and his total passing yards 3,700 and a half. Passing touchdowns is 20 and a half. What do we expect out of Hertz as the full time consistent starter? I have no idea, Danny. I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) And and
5: that's not my answer, but that's like that is my honest answer. And I'll get into what I think is going to happen here with the offense. But no one knows like fans are up in arms in the summer it's not in the top 40 quarterbacks how others the you know the complete opposite this guy had four garbage games that's his sample size all right now i'm not saying he's going to stink no one can properly assess what he's going to be able to do i i think it all comes down to the new head coach and really the entire new coaching staff what is going to be this eagle's identity we're Used to Doug Peterson, and now he likes to be aggressive and call plays, not really run heavy. He likes to do a lot of different things, 12 personnel, amongst some others. So how is Nick Sirianni going to make life easier on Jalen Hurts? And can this offensive line, who is healthy at the moment for the first time in what feels like forever, can they stay healthy? If so, you have a top five unit with the offensive line. If head coach Nick Sirianni can make his life easier, there's going to be a lot of RPOs, a lot more than we're used to seeing, control the tempo, then Jalen can be – he can be all right. Like you said, he doesn't need to be an MVP. I think for the Eagles to have a chance to win the division, he has to be top
1: 20. Now that makes sense to me. And, look, you still got a couple of stud receivers and Jalen Rieger and Devontae Smith, so we'll see if those guys can come alive. And if they can, then this offense can be solid. But on the other side, Ryan, I mean, what can we expect out of this defense? Is this going to be the liability that we may see from a week to week basis for the Eagles?
5: I mean, if you're just looking at last year, it's it's not the worst bet in the world to make. But I mentioned the I mentioned the offensive line. It, it's the same thing on defense, and that's really the case in today's NFL. It's if you have a strong front seven that can get into the opponent's backfield, hit the quarterback you're going to do okay. Um, And that's the case right now for the Eagles. Obviously, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, those are the two mainstays. Uh, Cox is still a top three to four D tackle on the planet Earth. You have Brandon Graham, who's been around a long time. He's a heck of a player. Uh, You bring in Ryan Kerrigan, the veteran, who's not going to be asked to do too much, but he'll be in a nice little role. So my point is they have depth. If they can stay healthy on the defensive line, then we'll see. Once again, uh, this isn't a cop out here, Danny, with all these answers, but the entire coaching staff is new. Like, I, I don't know what Jonathan Gannon is about. I think it's going to be a little bit more aggressive uh, than what we've used to see with Jim Schwartz, but they haven't played a game yet. I expect them to be a little bit more aggressive, try and get the other team to turn it over. Schwartz was a little bit more conservative, but once again, new DC, new OC, new head coach, among some others.
1: Yeah, clean slate for Philly this upcoming season. And it begins this weekend as they take on the Atlanta Falcons, Ryan. And look, we see Atlanta minus three and a half at home with a total of 48. We got about 90 seconds left here. But what are you making out for the week one performance from Philly? Can they catch those three and a half points? Would that be the sure bet in your mind?
5: This is a tough one for me to call. And honestly, if for anyone that's saying he's a homer in the beginning of this conversation, I am not advising the fans of Philadelphia uh, to go and make a bet on the, on their Eagles. And I I like the points, but I, once again, I just don't really know what the identity of this team on either sides of the ball is really going to be like. And, and you can say the same for the Atlanta Falcons. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, They have Matt Ryan, but they have a rookie head coach, some injuries on the offensive line. So I don't have a good feel for this game. I think there's opportunities for Philly, uh, but if you have to tell me to make a pick, I'm not going to pick
1: Philadelphia. It may be the smart decision, especially in week one. Like he said, so much turnover for this Eagles team may take them a little bit, but hey, it is the NFC East, and they could have a viable option potentially to be at the top of that division that is wacky year after year after year. But Ryan, we look forward to having you on many more times throughout this upcoming football season and catching all of your content as a host of the Philadelphia City Cast. But until then, my friend, best of luck. Go Eagles for yourself this weekend. But if they lose, I'm sure it'll be even more entertaining. But nevertheless, Ryan, thanks for hopping on, my friend.
5: We love our misery. Thank you so much, Danny. (laughs) Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Ryan Rossi, that wise rye on Twitter. And hey, you know, as a Bears fan, I understand that we love our misery as well. And I'm sure that will happen week after week uh, for my Chicago City cast covering the Bears, too. So we may be in the same boat this upcoming NFL season. But look, hey, we're about to end up another edition of Rush Hour. So let's get you squared away with some of those bets we had today, folks. And let's start with baseball. Well, we already had the one game underway, Phillies and Brewers. We had the over eight in that spot. Of course, you can in game it. Philly already tacked on a run in the first inning. Uh, as for the later baseball game, A's on the money line minus 162, taken on the Chicago White Sox. That one dipped down pretty dramatically to about minus 148 at Bed Rivers. but I'm rolling with Oakland. College football-wise, we're laying six in the hook with Army against Western Kentucky. Then nebraska my alma Mater taken on Buffalo. I think that's going to be a higher scoring affair. Over 54 and a half for that matchup, and the six-point teaser that begins tomorrow. Can't wait. The Bucks minus two against the Cowboys teasing down the ramps minus one and a half against the chicago bears as always best of luck if you tail with any of our wagers thank you for joining us for another edition of rush hour until tomorrow take care from all of us at here here at rather beason esports betting network